As soon as we put sex ed in the schools, sexual disease and dysfunction exploded because the focus isn't about waiting until marriage. This isn't a marriage preparation class. This is how do we get kids sexually active sooner and how do we sexualize them to themselves to adults and to each other. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fearless with Mark and Amber, the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. Today, we have a special guest on the show. It's Audrey Werner, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but buckle up because Mark and I, if you missed the podcast a few weeks ago, you need to go back and listen to it. We were talking about a matter of national security and morality in is such a matter of national security and Audrey has extensive research and insight into this topic. Audrey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amber. And thank you, Mark. Uh, (laughs) It's an honor to be on your show. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I'm a, I, I guess I start with uh, where, how I got into national security issues, Mm -hmm. which was many years ago, uh, 22 years ago, I was a RN working in the sexually transmitted disease HIV clinic. And I, uh, prior to that, I had been a sex educator. So I had been in the schools. I was told parents aren't doing their job. We need to talk to them about sex um, and we can help the parents. And um, you're going to hear this lie out there. If you talk to kids about sex, they're going to go out and do it. And that's simply not true. As a matter of fact, you're going to decrease the pregnancy and the STD rate. So I did my job, did it well. And at the time, uh, my husband and I did not have children. Uh, And then in my career, uh, we ended up getting pregnant. And uh, with the birth of my first child, I still wanted to work for the health department where I was a sex educator, Mm -hmm. but uh, I wanted to work part-time. And the only part-time job available was working in the venereal disease clinic. So once I started working there, I actually saw things getting worse and not getting better. And this was in 19, in the 1980s is when I was the sex educator. And that's when the HIV AIDS epidemic was just exploding in America. Mm -hmm. So that was the very first push for sex education was, oh my gosh, everybody's getting AIDS. We need to go and talk to the kids. And so that's the time when I was the sex educator. And then in the 90s is when I was working in the STD clinic and saw things getting progressively worse. And I thought, wait a minute, this isn't, I know there's more sex ed out there than there's ever been. And why am I seeing things getting worse instead of getting better? So Mm -hmm. that is, is, so I started this journey as a nurse, but I had a friend, uh, my husband was working in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod at the time as the uh, family life director. um, And also that includes youth. And we were seeing there was no difference between Christian kids and the secular kids. Mm -hmm. So that prompted me to look into the origins of sex education. I thought, wait a minute, who started sex ed? Has it always been in the schools in America? Uh, Who's behind it? What was the intent? And so that opened Pandora's box for me. (laughs) Uh, And that's how I started in this journey. And I know you've interviewed a lot of uh, different people uh, and different angles on this. So that's how I entered into this. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so interesting because every everybody's got a story. And yes. and as the Lord says, we're all we're all one body in many parts and we're all right. here to do our jobs. And right. I it's so interesting to get so many different perspectives. But yeah. you 
you were actually teaching sex ed. So we've been talking a lot about the comprehensive sex ed. Is that something that you were actually being teaching to other students? Yes. Now, at the time, we were never told to teach about abstinence. We were taught to teach children about the different types of contraception that were available, uh, the difference between oral sex, anal sex, vaginal sex. Um, so, um, wait, we were, can I can I jump yes. in here for a second? What? How old are you teaching here? Uh, well, the first time that you go in and talk to kids usually is fourth or fifth grade. Uh, and that's where you help them understand the terminology. Mm -hmm. uh, and then moving on from that, once you get to high school, uh, I remember being in a vocational high school and I had two hours <laughs> to talk to teenagers and you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> but I did not. The one thing that and again, being a Christian, my heart was about abstinence. that yeah. We yeah. abstain until marriage and then you can avoid is sexual disease and dysfunction. Um, so I added that part to mine. Yes. So who were you hired by to go into the schools? Like, who did you work for? Uh, I worked for, I worked out of the county health department. Okay. Um, which then answered. And back then, school nurses usually came out of the health departments. And uh, we were assigned uh, so many schools. So I, I believe I had... Um, three elementary schools, a junior high school, and then I had a senior high uh, that I had to visit once a week. So mm. a part of my job was teaching sex education. So do you think, and I don't even know, like this is how ignorant I am on, on and I'm still learning as we go, are school nurses still doing sex ed curriculum or is, has that been like completely handed over to somebody else now? Do you know? Well, the, there are organizations out there that are now handling it. And many of those organizations have connections to Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, I do know that there are um, some schools where they're teaching abstinence, where they might have the abstinence educator come from a crisis pregnancy center. Mm -hmm. and so it's not so much a school nurse that comes out of the health department anymore. Uh, rather, uh, and schools are uh, actually hiring their own school nurses now. Mm -hmm. So it is different. That's, that's really incredible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we'll pick back up at your story. So you are doing sex ed to fourth and fifth graders and also teenagers. And right. then. Yes. And I will say because the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, because we had a, a it was the very first uh, Christian sex education program to come out. And it came out in the late 1960s, early 1970s. So that was well dispersed, not just in the Lutheran church, but it was in um, churches of all denominations. And because my husband worked at a church, I was asked to come into the Sunday school class and to go through the book for the fourth and fifth graders, which had the terminology in it. So and again, we, one of the exercises we had to do when we were being because everybody who teaches sex ed has to go through a standardized training. Mm -hmm. And that is CECAS training, which we'll talk about CECAS, I'm sure, in a minute. <laughs> but part of the one of the activities we had to do was, you know, if you can imagine 100 adults in a room, men and women, and we were told to stand up and we had to say the names for the genitals out loud over <laughs> and over and over again. And they told us they wanted us to get over any embarrassment or discomfort that we had um, but in actuality, what they were doing was taking away our modesty so that we then 
could go in to the schools and start to take away uh, children's modesty because sex should be out there. It should be discussed amongst everyone, including children, and there uh, should be no limits. So that was kind of the mentality behind that. Well, even just you talking about it, I'm sitting here just slightly uncomfortable thinking about having to do that. (laughs) And again, if you want to go from a biblical perspective, and I, I found this out when I took a wonderful course, which is rare because there isn't a lot of good Christian material. Most of it has Alfred Kinsey's uh, information in it or was founded with scripture meshed with Alfred Kinsey Mm -hmm. and a little leaven corrupts a whole loaf. So that doesn't work well either. This program is called uh, Protecting the Innocence of Childhood, which is by Gary and Anne-Marie And my husband and I were teaching parenting classes at the time. And this is a class that you teach parents because parents should be the primary educators. Mm -hmm. You teach them how to teach your children about chastity, purity, modesty, and self-control. And one of the things that Gary Ezzo had talked about in that program and really challenged me to look at scripture a little bit more closely, God never mentions the genitals or talks about the act in detail, like nowhere in scripture. So I went through and I and I'm like, wow. And and um, I ended up talking to a pastor about this and he happened to be writing the Song of Songs commentary, which is considered the hot, heavy book on sex. Uh-huh. And he said, Audrey, he said, um, if you look to Solomon, even when he's describing his wife, he goes from the navel uh, to the thighs because that was such a holy procreative area. It was treated with a tremendous amount of modesty. And so what sex ed has done has taken all of that modesty away and put it all out in the open. Mm -hmm. One of your slides says, how do you shift a Christian nation away from God? Can you can you talk through that? Yeah. And and again, going back to the Bible, when we Mm -hmm. look at um, several, it's repetitive where God's people mess up, they turn away from him, they get caught up in sexual immorality and then they cry out to him and then he saves them. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at the fact that we are a Christian nation, I was just reading that again today in my Patriot Bible about our Christian foundations, that the founders of our nation, uh, we're a Christian nation, not because we have more churches or more Christians. We're a Christian nation because our government and our laws were founded on the principles of the Old and New Testament. So the people who founded our nation knew that we had to have order and God's a God of order. So we if we founded our nation on God's word and our laws were founded on God's word, then with that order comes freedom and comes liberty. So there was a group of people, uh, the wealthy elite in the world who wanted to shift a Christian nation away from God. And the best way to do that is sexual immorality. So where are you going to aim the attack first? And and again, using the sexual revolution was it's it's really the Marxist revolution. And what we're seeing today, literally today, yeah, interviewing is the fruits of that revolution coming to its end. Uh, hopefully not, but of moving America toward communism. And using, if you look at the Communist Manifesto, it talks about using sexual morality to weaken a nation. Mm-hmm. So there were three areas where they targeted. They targeted men. Uh, pornography used to be against the law. I, I believe in Judith Reisman, uh, who's the number one expert on Kinsey, she had brought up in one of her papers that even President Lincoln had put a law forward 
um, banning looking at any naked pictures for the soldiers because he knew that would compromise them. Um, so pornography was made legal in the 1950s. And then you aim the attack at marriage because a husband and a wife, man and a woman, <laughs> mm-hmm. as defined by God, marriage defined by God, is a powerful force. And uh, they together um, are the foundation. They begin the foundation of a society. And then as God blesses them with children and they raise up those children, that's a powerful force. So, um, and then the third thing is you aim the attack at children, which that is why sex education was developed, was to indoctrinate. It was not, you know, they come forward and they say, oh, we have to decrease the pregnancy and the STD rates. But if you look at statistics, as soon as we put sex ed in the schools, sexual disease and dysfunction exploded. Because the focus isn't about waiting until marriage. This isn't a marriage preparation class. This is how do we get kids sexually active sooner? And how do we sexualize them to themselves, to adults, and to each other? And that's really the goal behind sex education. Oh, it's so wicked. So, it is wicked. So it is wicked. wicked. And as I, um, and, and for me, I research the Lutheran sex ed program, which is the learning about sex series. And it's interesting because the current books have no bibliography. So I always say when you're reading a book, go to the bibliography because you want to know by whose authority are the, mm-hmm. is the author standing on. So I looked at the original sex ed series in the Lutheran Church and I found Alfred Kinsey. I found uh, Lester Kirkendall, who was a president of the American Humanist Association. I found many people associated with Planned Parenthood, uh, Mary Calderon, who uh, was the medical director of Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood and then became the first head of SECUS, which is Sex Information Education Council of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing, and, and even SECUS is in their bibliography. So I realized, oh my gosh, <laughs> the church, I, and again, I don't know the mindset of the pastors back then. Why would they even think Uh, Hugh Hefner is in the teenager book as one of the books recommended. A book that Hugh Hefner wrote is recommended to the teenagers in this Christian sex ed series. Unbelievable. (laughs) It is. It is unbelievable. And when I found this out 22 years ago, I found this out. I had an argument with God because I said, oh, Lord, (laughs) this is way too big for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I cannot wake up the world. There's no way I can wake up the world. I'm only one person. So as I had my argument, I was very specific with God. I said, Lord, I am not an expert in Kinsey. Uh, Clearly, Alfred Kinsey's fraudulent criminal science has been used as the foundation of sex education. I'm not an expert. The Lord dropped Judith Reisman in my lap. And she educated me with, uh, she was working with a wonderful organization, which you guys need to interview, RSVP America, which is Restoring Social Virtue and Purity to America. Mm. They were the ones that um, worked on uh, waking up legislators to the fact that most of our laws in the sex offense section have been changed using Kinsey's fraud science. Um, So that was the first argument. Second argument was, Lord, I'm not a lawyer. So all of these laws were changed, including it used to be against the law to go into a classroom and say the word sexual intercourse. That was considered molesting a minor with immoral intent up to the age of 21. So we've come a long way in our laws where you look at sex ed today. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the Lord gave me um, uh, the founders of RSVP America are Eunice Ray and Colonel Ron Ray. 
Colonel Ron Ray is a constitutional lawyer. He's a retired Marine, former um, assistant to the Secretary of Defense under Reagan. And that's where I got the um, uh, morality as a national security issue because Colonel Ray said to me, he said, Audrey, we live in Deborah times. He said, it's gonna take the women to get the purity movement going again, to fight against this and to get, he said, it's a majority of the people that are gonna do it is women in the beginning because our men have been compromised because of pornography. He said, the men will get on board, but it's gonna take the women to get this started. And I know as you're interviewing, you're interviewing a majority of women. And even at the conference you and I were at, uh, when they were talking about child sex trafficking, and they said 80% of those that are fighting child sex trafficking are women mm-hmm. right now. So, and, and I thought to myself, and, and Colonel Ray said to me, he said, Audrey, if you have to go to the Lutheran leaders, he said, you know, Deborah had Barrack, who was the head of the Israel <laughs> yeah. Army. He said, I'll be your Barrack. And I thought to myself, <laughs> that's where I thought, oh my gosh. Isn't it just like God to give you the former assistant to the Secretary of Defense yeah. in the Reagan administration as your barrack? So that's when I realized this is big. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is a national security issue. Is he still alive? He just passed away oh. um, from injuries he sustained during Vietnam uh, this past summer. Oh. Uh, but his legacy carries on. Everything he has taught me, I continue to share all the good quotes that you guys re, uh, you know, repeat are usually yeah, quotes yeah. I got from Colonel Ron Ray. So um, uh, he was just a godsend to me. So, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I know you're talking and I thought, oh, I want to talk to this guy. Yes, yes but uh, Eunice Ray is still, is still with us and okay. uh, his wife and also Dr. Linda Jeffrey, who was the researcher who went into 35 states in America and found in the sex offense section that Kinsey science was used to kick out God's law and bring in this man-made law that has loosened protections for marriage, women, and children in America. So doing all of your research, and you've even taught this stuff, and you've seen right. you've seen the effects of it, of, of, right. of teaching the sex ed, and today it continues to change and morph into these new right. ways of exploiting right. children in their bodies and... Sex education is the foundational pillar to the sexual revolution. It is what is propelling all the different movements that we're seeing. If you take sex education out of the schools, the sexual revolution will dissipate because the sexual the, the sex education is meant to raise up a generation of children that have been indoctrinated in every type of sexual immorality. We used to protect our children. We used to allow them to be morally innocent because right. they are—they don't know these things. And as a sex educator, I can tell you the look on children's faces when you're taking away their moral innocence, uh, when a parent even is talking to their child graphically because they've been pressured to say, hey, you got to go in there and talk graphically to your kid about sex. And the child is is squirming and they're laughing a little nervously and sometimes they're even crying. That is taking away the moral innocence that God gave them. And that moral innocence protects them. But when we take that away, when we've educated them on all of this information on sex, then we have sexualized them, as Judith Reisman rightly had told me. Because I, I said one time, Judith, why is it that parents have such a difficult time talking to their kids about sex. And she thought for a moment and she said, when you talk to kids about sex, you sexualize them 
to themselves, to adults, and to each other. And mm-hmm. that's why parents have such a discomfort talking graphically to their kids. And I thought that's true. It, it, mm-hmm. When we're trying to take away our children's innocence, it's as if the Holy Spirit is going, warning, do not do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why we are squirming when we, it's not because we're not with the times. It's because the Holy Spirit is is trying to block us from taking our children's moral innocence away. And I think the sad thing is, and I don't think parents actually realize in the way you just said it. I mean, we have three young children. Right. I mean, two, eight and 11. Right. And you know, we've got one in fifth grade. So when you're talking about going in and having conversations and yeah. using yeah. all of this language and I'm going, um, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I want my child actually involved. Right. It, it's right. just, it's just really uncomfortable. And I think what a, what a shame that parents don't want to have more input or say, and so many parents just like sort of I don't want to say ship them off to school and let the school deal with it. But but these kids go to teachers who they trust and who the parents trust, you know, like they have the best interest at heart. Right. What parents don't realize is that what they're, of course, they're thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not trained in this. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to send them to the experts who have been trained to teach children sex education. But the problem is the people who have been trained were trained Uh, And they may not know it like I did not know it. I was being trained uh, based on the science of a man who interviewed pedophiles who raped children and 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 wanted children sexualized. I was trained by a a profession. uh, You know, the foundation of sex education was funded by the pornography industry uh, and Planned Parenthood was in it. So. Again, when you look into the authors and the origins of sex education, you consistently will find people that believed in communism, humanism, and eugenics. Mm -hmm. And that is what is being taught to our children through sex education. So, Audrey, you've been all over the world and teaching teaching these things. What do you see... How do parents combat the the sex ed and, you know, keeping Mm. their kids innocent? How do we right. how do we as parents stand up and say enough? Um, there's there's a couple of ways that well, and, and I have parents who come up to me and say, first, how can I possibly talk to my child about sex? Because I messed up in that area. Mm. And again, you have to realize our generation, uh, you know, I was in a Lutheran school. I remember very vividly in 1971 being given that book from the learning about sex series in fourth grade, being very uncomfortable with that book and stuffing it in my desk the furthest I could get it away from. So um, so I was raised with sex education, as were most of us. And so there's a lot of sexual sin, a lot of heaviness going on. Of I can't even talk to my child and advise them not to do it because I did it before marriage. And so, you know, I remind that we have a loving Savior as we come to Christmas season. We have a loving Savior who was born and died on the cross for our sins. We need to take that to the cross. We need to repent of it, but leave it at the cross because Satan likes to keep beating us over the head with it. And we can train. We can protect our kids. Uh, We can maintain their moral innocence. We have to be the primary educators. We have to. I will tell you, as I I have not wanted to get into the legislative part of this, but going a a couple of years ago, and we're going to be going in, in next month, we'll be going down to the Capitol again because now we have our legislative session coming up. But just watching while we were in the Capitol, because we had a bill going forward 
to take on the obscenity exemption, which allows pornography to be uh, shown to children in schools or libraries. That, that law was based on Kinsey's science and in most of the states in the United States. So there are people that are going after that law and getting it removed because it is harmful. I mean, states are now saying pornography is, an, is now creating a public health crisis. So um, I, but just being in the Capitol, I'll never forget two years ago when I was in the Capitol, there was a parent and she just had this sex ed book that was in the schools and in the libraries. And it's a very pornographic uh, book. And she was going from legislative office to legislative <laughs> office. She didn't care if they were Republican or Democrat. She'd open the book and put it in their faces and say, look at what my child is getting in this school. You have got to stop this. Mm-hmm. Even being a parent and, and contacting your legislator and saying, I don't want this. This is horrific. We do not want this in our child's school. So standing up for uh, them that way, but also educating them. And as I said, um, uh, I've written a book uh, called 10 Tips on How Not to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. Uh, Gary and Anne-Marie Ezzo have this wonderful curricula. So there is good resources out there. And you can go to my website, which is www.matthew18.org. And I have good resources on there. Because trust me, I've looked at a lot of Christian resources. And I would say a majority of them, when it comes to marital intimacy or um, uh, sex education, you're going to find that a majority of those Christian resources go back to Kinsey. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And you guys, we, we will get into Kenzie in another episode because that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother. I well, think I probably spend a whole, Judith, right? The, oh yeah. 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 You'll get it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. So Audrey, is there anything else you want to tell people? I want to tell people there's hope. Um, mm-hmm. First off, if you're listening to this podcast, I have always prayed, Lord, get me to the remnant because the remnant is what needs to be woke. And and I ended up one year when I prayed that I ended up in the Texas legislature, which I'm like, really? <laughs> government? You want me to go to government, the remnants in government? But there are godly people who are in office who hear this message. Um, and then going to Africa. And it's amazing what God is doing over there with me going over there because Africa has held the line. They have their Christian, many Christians over in Africa that have said no to abortion, no to the LGBTQ, and they've held the line. They do not have sex ed in their schools. So guess what? Planned Parenthood and all the evil entities are pushing hard to get sex ed in the school because then that will fuel a sexual revolution, which will weaken their nations. So this, as I said, this is a national security issue. Mm -hmm. So it's important that we uh, raise, uh, first and foremost, as a parent, we raise up Um, children uh, to uh, be pure. And I'm a mother of four children and uh, the youngest is 16. And I can say they've all remained pure. First one, uh, the oldest one is married. We have uh, two, well, one grandchild and one in the womb. So we have two grandchildren right now. So um, it, it is possible. You can raise pure kids in today's culture, but Parents, we have to be diligent because we are the first and last line of defense for our children. And as I said, this is a national security issue. Well, Audrey, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and information with us and everyone else. How can people find you on social? Uh, We have a website, which Mm -hmm. is Matthew18.org. I also have a Facebook page, which is the 
Matthew 18, and it's Roman numeral, so it's XVIII okay. uh, group is the name of the um, on Facebook. So okay. um, those would be the the two uh, ways to get a hold of us. So. Great, and I will leave those links in the show notes. So anybody who wants to go and check out your organization and everything that you're about and get more information. <laughs> Because I I know that you have a lot. There's a lot on the website. A lot of um, uh, there's even me testifying before um, Uganda Parliament. Uh, the presentation was recorded, so that's on there. So there there's a lot of my presentations that are on there. Fabulous! Well. So, oh, that's amazing. Oh, Audrey, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome. Well, it's an honor to be here. Love you guys and love your work. <laughs> Take care. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>